Are you an ambitious, driven entrepreneur starting to feel overwhelmed, maybe a little trapped by your business? Well, I have a solution for you. It is the five-day bottleneck to breakthrough challenge, where in an hour a day, we will give you the roadmap, the blueprint, the treasure map to where you can find yourself with more free time, more freedom of money, and a more valuable business. Hope to see you soon www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com. I think that uh, any time that you can get up uh, in the morning and you can learn something new is a great day. Um, every great every great idea, I would say, is borrowed. And um, you certainly, um, I'm always learning and I, I love learning about, um, you know, what works for other businesses. This is The Real Bottom Line where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now, let's get started. Hello and welcome to The Real Bottom Line. Today, my guest is Amanda Fancy and she is the owner of Gals Home Hardware in Bridgewater, Nova Scotia. Hello and welcome, Amanda. Hi, Wendy. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Well, we're going to dive right in and get started about your journey because you started in this industry at your store when you were 16 years old. That's crazy. A long time ago. Um, (laughs) Yeah, actually, um, I started as a a cashier. Um, I had gone for an interview. Uh, She basically, um, she had hired me, hadn't said anything, and I kind of just showed up on site. Um, And so I was working there during high school um, and uh, went away to university uh, to take business. And then I came back during the summers, et cetera. So I started there uh, when I was 16. Um, And then um, kind of just, you know, continued on I went away to school and um, actually had an I, I was working at budget car and truck rental for a year um, in their accounting department and I had an opportunity to come back for a maternity leave position in the office and um, actually I you know came back uh, filled the position and uh, never left and the rest is history so then I became um, the uh, did the ordering etc worked uh, next door to Peter um, and you know at some point uh, we'd had the conversation that uh, you know he was looking to retire um, and I was looking to um, you know uh, he wanted to know I guess if I was interested in uh, kind of pursuing this as a career and um, you know we all we all want to make our mark in life and I had uh, decided a while ago that I was hopeful that that could be mine and um, yeah so the rest is history. That's amazing. I love that story. Uh, you hear it every once in a while. It, it almost feels like urban myth. I worked my way up from the bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. those 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. shifts on cash and, you know, every Saturday, Friday and Saturday night and so on and so forth. So, yeah, those uh, that's where I started. And I have to be honest, um, you know, I think that was, uh, you know, that was great for me and certainly, um, you know, really happy that it kind of ha- had happened that way because it really um, it kind of prepared me a little bit more, I'd like to say maybe for um, owning the business, but I'm not so sure about that, but uh, it's certainly <laughs> <laughs> it didn't depends hurt. on the day, Amanda. Depends and on the so day. The, kind of, the cool thing is though that, um, you know, on cash, you know, you see lots of customers and so on and so forth. And so, you know, I, I did that when I was 16. Uh, I started when I was 16, so I'm 42. And so I still, we still have some of those same customers that come in the door. So that's kind of cool. That is so cool. Yeah, it is yeah. like, and when you operate a, a business like that in a smaller community, like you are an integral part of that community. Oh, for sure. Yeah. How do you, how do you, um, how do you deal with that role? Because that would be uh, different than say, you know, when we're in uh, a bigger city like Halifax, there's less pressure on us to contribute to the community, even though we, we do, you know? 
And, and so that's a that's a bit of a balance, especially these days with COVID. But, um, you know, if we, if we kind of remove that from the situation, um, you know, for us, so we're a part of home hardware. So um, we're Gals Home Hardware and we've we've incorporated furniture as well. Um, but, you know, our first and foremost in the town of Birchwater, uh, you know, we we follow under the uh, home hardware umbrella, obviously, yeah. from a marketing standpoint, um, you know, uh, nationally, et cetera. But in the town of Bridgewater and surrounding communities, our trading area is probably 50,000 people. Um, and uh, because we have lots of small communities that pull into to the town of Bridgewater, um, you know, we're known as gals. And so we are expected to kind of be a cut above um, and we certainly do our best and, you know, supporting the community because, you know, it's the community that supports us and has made us so successful. So uh, certainly, um, you know, in the past when you could have events and, you know, um, local fire halls, things like that, um, anything we could do, uh, you know, obviously to promote, uh, to promote community and so on and so forth. Uh, it's, you know, we've, we've done a lot of, um, you know, pairing up with the hospital and things like that and, uh, and so on and so forth to try to, um, you know, um, kind of seal the bond, if you will, and yeah. uh, you know, continue to be uh, a big part of the, the community, even though it's growing. I love uh, how you said that is that, um, you know, you support the community because they support you. I think oh, hundred percent. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, we are, I guess, you know, you would consider that we're a big box because, you know, we are under the home hardware umbrella and we're a large store, but um, you know, the community are the people who support us and, you know, they, um, they make us successful and they've made us um, who we are today. So we really, um, you know, it just goes, it's, it's a two way street. So. Absolutely. Um, one of the things you, you mentioned about home hardware, um, and you and I were talking about in the green room ahead of this was we talked a little bit. Um, I had the perception that home hardware was a franchise, but it's not. What no. is it? So Home Hardware is a cooperative, and so um, it's a dealer-owned company, and so every store is individually owned and operated. Um, so some, some dealers have multiple stores, etc. But um, everyone owns, a, you know, shares in the company, and ultimately there's a board of directors, its CEO, and so on and so yeah. forth. But um, you know, we have distribution centers across the country. Um, but you know, we all have a, you know, we all have a say in, um, you know, how the company, um, you know, how the company moves forward, etc. And um, it gives us, um, from a store level, um, yeah. you know, it gives us a little more. Or, um, our store would be different than, you know, so you're in Halifax, Wendy, so um, you, you've got the Pizance, et cetera, there. And um, so our stores would be, you would go into home hardware stores and you'd see some subtle differences. Um, you know, ours, for example, would not just have home hardware on the outside. It says gals on the outside because we've kind of personalized that. So it gives yeah. us, a, it gives us more control um, individually as the owners um, as to um, where we'd like to see our store go and what, and specifically to what, what is uh, gearing it towards, I guess, our community and our customers. That is that's cool. So it's like got some of the benefits of a of a group. Oh, oh, you get yeah, the buying sure. power. You get oh, that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. I mean, huge but you also. Yeah, from yeah. head office. Yeah, you know, uh, and we refer to him as head office, but um, you know, it's it's a it's fantastic, uh, you know, uh, support system, etc. Uh, I mean, you, you couldn't have asked for a better company to work for. Uh, you know, in terms of um, you know, long term staff, etc. You know, at the from from head office, and then uh, you know, they know us by name, and you know, they know all the dealers and so on and so forth. So we have the support from from those guys, but then um, at the store level, it allows us to kind of op operate individually, if you will. That's awesome. We in the past have talked to a lot on this podcast to a lot of people who are in service-based business, but you're in retail, yes. um, which itself presents a unique set of challenges, I would imagine, and in particular coming off of the pandemic. Um, what has changed for you, you know, pre-post-pandemic uh, for you? 
Has anything um, changed? Uh, so uh, well, so much really. I mean, where to start? <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> um, you know, the the store supplies budget for hand sanitizer has sure, certainly gone up, but uh, <laughs> 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 but it is that uh, no, so much has changed. And you know, all joking aside, um, you know, for the first time, uh, you know, we've been faced with many challenges um, over the last number of years. Obviously, every business is. Um, you know, you go through, um, you know, different, uh, you know, different uh, challenges depending on, on what's happening, um, you know, in the economy, etc. Things like that um, locally in your communities. But the pandemic was something that it kind of just happened, if you will. And so we were as prepared as it, it, it's kind of like the target was changing um, all the time so quickly early on. Um, and um, the biggest thing that we found is that. Uh, um, customer, uh, the, the customer interaction and that customer relationship, um, it's certainly, it, it was different during the pandemic and it's kind of coming back to where it was before, um, where you could be. Can we talk a little bit about that? So what, what was it like before and what was the relationship like during the pandemic? Like what was, what would change? It's, it's just this, it's the stress points and everyone's stressed. And I guess we're all, we're, you know, during the pandemic, regardless, um, you know, if, if we recognize it or not, that, um, you know, everyone struggles in their own ways and, you know, being locked down, you know, not being able to see family, things like that. So that has a, an effect on how um, our customers interact with us um, at the store level. And so certainly we did notice a, you know, a change there. People were stressed. Um, they weren't themselves in terms of um, kind of the interaction with, uh, you know, um, just, just coming into a store. Um, people were nervous depending on um, mm. what was happening in the market uh, or not the market, but the, uh, the province and so on and so and, and around the world. Um, but uh, so certainly that was one of the biggest things because we were so used to having that relaxed, interaction with customers because they are, um, you know, we consider ourselves a friend to the community. And so, you know, we want our customers to come in and, and you know, we want to help them, but we also want to interact with them and, and you know, have them leave um, having a positive experience. And so, you know, that was different um, from a staff perspective, as well as from a customer perspective, yeah. you know, on both sides, because like I said, everyone struggles in different ways. And even if we don't know we're struggling um, during a, a pandemic, it's been a, it's been a long haul. And so um, there have been many challenges and it, it almost, you know, it's really only my, you know, my, I always kind of just said, you know, it was only ever as good as the next news broadcast because you never really knew what was coming down uh, the pipeline. And so it's really nice to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah. And so, and it's nice to have our customers coming in, um, you know, being a little bit less stressed um, than they were before because everyone's kind of like, uh, you know, things are, you know, they're not, it's the new normal, but it's, it's coming around, you know, uh, you know, things are getting back to normal um, to some degree and what that's going to look like in phase five. And so lots of people excited about that. Yeah. And yeah. certainly, so we do see um, more, we do see some more, um, you know, I guess, interaction with customers now, uh, people not as stressed and, and just, uh, you know, kind of feeling better about where we are. Um, you know, there, there aren't as many unknowns as there were before, I guess. Um, the one good thing about the pandemic, uh, you know, if we have to say good is the fact that we've had lots of folks moving to the province. Um, and so right. from a retailer, um, it's given us an opportunity um, to meet lots of new people, um, to, uh, you know, to, to make, um, I guess, new friends, if you will. Yeah. Um, and have, uh, you know, new, uh, you know, um, new experiences with those folks. So that's certainly been a positive because uh, we've got lots of, uh, you know, being on the South Shore, uh, we've got lots of, uh, you know, beautiful beaches, etc. So it's a great place to great place to live. And we do see lots of new faces. And so that's that is a positive. And it's nice to be able to, uh, you know, to be able to provide, uh, you know, what they're looking for. So yeah, that's awesome. And give them maybe a different experience too, because yeah, if they're used right. to, a, a, you know, a bigger box store in a 
a more anonymous neighborhood, it yeah, might and, be a little different. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, a home hardware stores across the country are so different. So I would suspect that people coming from a different province um, would be used to seeing different, different stores and so on and so forth. So it's certainly um, a, just a bit of a different experience. How far in advance do you have to order stuff? Um, so for us, we order from home hardware, obviously. So we have a distribution center in DeBert. Um, and then we do have a few others across the country. And so we're typically, uh, we order stuff uh, with, if, if we order from home hardware, we get it within a week. Um, and then we do, we have a lot of direct vendors. Um, we have, um, you know, some outside suppliers, uh, Pacific Energy Stoves, for example, some of the barbecue vendors, um, some of the furniture and appliance vendors as well would be direct. So I would tell you that um, in the past, uh, it's it was a pretty pretty streamlined and pretty easy, but the supply chain, uh, you never really know how, you, you never really knew how weak things were until there was this, uh, you know, till COVID happened. And um, I can tell you that uh, in some cases, uh, you can't get product. Where we were probably in, um, I guess it would have been May of 2020, um, you know, I looked out at the shelves and I thought, you know, we're not going to be able to get product like there. I don't know what, because we were extremely busy. Um, but I thought, I'm not sure what people are buying because uh, we can't get that product. And, you know, it was back ordered and everyone was struggling and any retailer um, across the country, just because it was, uh, you know, not what, you know, people weren't prepared. Um, but now um, the supply chain seems to be, you know, stronger in some ways we have more product but there are still significant delays um and the biggest thing right now is the container shortage um which is okay. obviously skyrocketing pricing um but at the same time you know for appliances uh you know we, they may have 20 containers uh they may have 20 containers worth of product ready to roll but they can't get containers so the delay isn't because they can't get the raw materials the delay is now that the containers are yeah that for sure so that is a significant challenge at the current currently I always love learning about supply chain logistics. For some reason, I'm a little geeky on that. Um, I, I would never, I would say that anyone, I would never, you know, I, you know, anyone who ever says that, oh, oh yeah, we've got lots of that. I, you know, I don't know that I'll ever look at that the same way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but do you have enough to withstand X, Y, and Z? Yeah, right? yeah that's right. Exactly. Um, you worked your way up from the top what or from the bottom to the top what has been your hardest lesson oh I've had many um so I would say that uh you know um you, you have an idea of I guess you know so for me uh you know Peter was in the office one day and then the next day you know he had retired and I kind of just moved down the hall and so you have an idea of what, maybe what you think that looks like and um it certainly is different uh and I would say one of the biggest challenges um was that um, I, I wasn't Amanda the employee anymore. I was Amanda mm. the owner. And, and that's a big one. Um, you know, I, I've worked with the staff for a, a many years. And um, so it's a bit of a different relationship. Um, and trying to, um, I have to be honest, uh, kind of bite my tongue in some, in some ways, I guess, because I, you, you kind of, uh, you kind of want to jump in, um, you know, in situations and so on. And I've learned that um, I need to ask more questions before, <laughs> before I put my foot in my mouth. And so that was a, that's a big one that um, I think that, uh, you know, I'm always, always um, working on just because I, you know, ask the, ask questions and get the, get the information before reacting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would you say that HR was the hardest part of learning your new role or what would be the hardest part of the role that was the hardest thing? 
Um, I guess just de- depending different times. And so HR is certainly always challenging and so on and so forth. We, we have a tremendous staff. And so we're certainly fortunate. We have lots of long-term folks as well. Um, so that certainly makes that, that role um, a, a little bit easier. Um, so we're, we're fortunate. I mean, uh, the gal, uh, Peter and his father, um, you know, they, they had built a great company and so on and so forth. So I was, you know, so fortunate in that regard. Um, but uh, HR, it, ha- it has its moments for sure. And I think it just depends on where we are. Like I would say that, um, you know, my answer now um, would be different than it was prior to COVID because, uh, you know, we've been kind of living in COVID for the last year and a half. And so, you know, the things that were big deals before COVID, they almost don't even register on the scale anymore. Just because oh, like what? Um, you know, like if, if there were HR issues, because, you know, um, but, you know, with COVID, um, you know, everything is, you know, instead of being able to just run a business um, as you were before, um, everything you do is based on, you know, where, you know, where we're at with COVID, um, how many customers are coming in the door, um, where we can get product from, you know, trying to pull product from um, and, and almost hoard product, if you will. Um, because- right you know that uh, so you know obviously inventory is going up and so you know obviously we've you know a successful business you always want to have uh, you know the right inventory for your customers so when they come in the door that they can go out with what they want um but in reality um you know COVID kind of puts those numbers out the out the window because you're having to purchase and instead of purchasing for a week or two um you're purchasing for three months because you can't guarantee that those products are are going to be there when you need them like no one I can assure you would ever be um you know purchasing just for a week or two, like swimming pool shock, for example, you don't purchase enough for two weeks, you purchase enough for three months and to get you through the season, because you don't want to be the retailer that doesn't have the pool shock, um, you know, in the middle of the summer, those types of things. So I, I think some of the um, challenges that uh, they have been so for like on the forefront for the last year and a half, it's really hard to kind of go back and think of what the, what it was like before, actually. Uh, what do you think your secret is, is to having long-term employees? I know that, um, you know, there's all a lot of talk around how there's so much turnover. It's hard to find good people, all that stuff. Um, how do you, how do you win that battle? I don't know. It's so different now. I have to be honest. Um, so, you know, um, I guess, and, and I say before COVID, because I do think that that's kind of played a role in, in some ways, but, um, you know, people would, um, you know, 25 years ago, uh, people would get a job and they would like it and they would stick with it and they would just, you know, retire there. But um, the world is a different place and uh, lots of folks, um, you know, change jobs on a somewhat regular basis. It's not, it's kind of the norm. And so it's, as an owner, it's kind of, um, it takes a while to get used to that because, um, you know, we don't like staff turnover and, and we like people to be here and, and you know, uh, work with us and, you know, and, you know, be here long term. And so it's certainly um, I, I think that for us, um, I mean, again, lots of our long long term employees came from um, the time when people were um, just, you know, getting a job and staying and and yeah. being happy with it. But I think, um, you know, we are a family company and I think that uh, it's really important to, um, you know, um, to provide that environment that people feel comfortable in and that they, they want to stay in. And, um, you know, like I said, as, as much as I said that, uh, you know, our, you know, we are a partner in the community with our customers because, you know, they support us. So we need to support them. I mean, I, I, you know, this, I would say the same thing about our staff. I mean, we are nothing without our staff and, you know, they are the, they are the face of Gals Home Hardware and Furniture. And so, um, you know, it's so important to, to do what you can. It's never perfect, but uh, certainly, um, you know, uh, you know, we need to be, uh, we need to be that employer that goes above and beyond to try to, uh, you know, to try try to retain people and, and have them stay. That's cool. Um, 
we talked about uh, like there's you manage so much in your business, just like any one of us, even no matter what it is, we're we're dealing with HR, we're yeah. dealing with marketing. Now you have support from head office for marketing. What initiatives do you? What has been your biggest lesson about marketing along the way? Um, so the head office stuff is great, but it's pretty generic, you know, so the flyers go out, et cetera. And so they certainly do a great job with that. But um, so for us, for marketing, um, you know, a few years ago, um, probably I would say three years ago, we made the we made the decision to kind of move away from uh, paper and go to um, so fully uh, social media, um, you know, you know, Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. And so um, that was you know, that was as much as, uh, as it was a lesson, it was a hard thing to do because we had been so, um, it was such a big change for the company because we had been yeah. so involved and, and that's what our customers were looking at before. So, you know, we would do, um, you know, multiple pages in the, uh, in the paper, uh, yearly and, you know, our budget was pretty, um, pretty hefty and so on and so forth. But, um, so to make that change completely to, to social media, um, other than obviously the flyer support through home, et cetera, um, and head office, um, it was a huge uh it was a huge change but it's worked out well for us we you know um i think that our, our numbers are pretty strong on social media and you know we're always trying to improve that and uh you know make changes to um make sure that we're we're encompassing all of our customers um not just uh you know the uh, 40 plus you know we need to get those uh, millennial customers in the door so that uh, you know they want you know it's nice to have their parents and their grandparents but we also need them as a customer going forward right yep. yeah that's interesting. I hadn't even thought about uh, as a as a retailer moving on to the social media. So is that all managed at a head office, or do you guys have to do some local stuff as well? Uh, no, we we do it locally for us. So okay. for our, so home hardware would obviously have accounts that would be generic for uh, stores across the country that would encompass um, any home hardware uh, store. Um, you know, there's home hardware, there's homes, home hardware building centers, there's home furniture stores, and there's home building centers. So um, their social media would be generic for all of those um, banners. Um, and so for us, we do it all local. Uh, we do it locally, um, and uh, we work with uh, we work with an organization that we've worked with for for some time now. That uh, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, which allows us to um, you know we meet weekly and so on. And we had originally thought we'd do it in in house, but um, it's a, it's certainly a huge undertaking. And um, you know we're retailers, and um, you know it's it's important that I think uh, you're, you're able to um, identify that you know maybe uh, you've got enough irons in the fire that uh, you know we we have to go elsewhere and it's worked out really well for us um so yeah one of the things you and i've talked about in the past too is the importance of good legal and contracts um what have you learned along the way about that and what would you recommend to any business owner about um using lawyers and stuff like that so, you know, when I started out, it was like, um, you, you kind of have like, I guess, um, you know, you've got lots of people um, doing lots of different things. And I would just say that build your team and, um, you know, a strong team. And so the strong team is obviously key staff, um, you know, building a leadership team and a leadership group, if you will, um, because you can't do it all. Um, and I would say when I first started out, I thought I probably could. And so I've identified <laughs> the fact that um, that's not real. And um, I'm doing no one any good uh, by by you know, uh, assuming that I can. So, you know, build your team, um, you know, have strong leaders in place, but the other part of it is, and so, you know, that's in store, obviously, um, with your key staff and so on. Um, but the other part is build your team uh, with those experts, uh, you know, the the lawyers and the accountants um, that are, are, they're just equally as important to your business because um, they've got the insight and the knowledge and the experience from other, uh, you know, for, from other clients and, or from, um, you know, f- you know, in their area of expertise, you 
know, accounting, um, for example, that um, can take your business from, you know, uh, to the next level. So I think it's very important that, uh, you know, they're part of your team, because even though you may not utilize them every day, um, when the time comes that you do need them, uh, you need someone that um, knows your business, for sure. I feel like sometimes small business owners um, don't necessarily want to spend the money on the right level of a team. Uh, yeah, I, I would say that, you know, we were there as well. And, um, and, but, you know, there is, there is something to be, uh, there's something to be said about that. Um, and until you're in a situation um, where you need an, you need the expert and you need the, you need the best at what they do. Um, you may not value that. You may not realize the value in that, but we've been in the situation um, where um, we have, we have, head experts um but they have been uh, it's been kind of a generic like they're um you know they it wasn't their area of expertise for example but um we've been able to and then we realized okay wait a sec we need to kind of just move it up a level um and then we got the results that we were looking for and it was it was so easy and it was just like why didn't we do this before and um it was quick easy um less painful and it certainly um it achieved the results that we were looking for much quicker um mm. Probably for less money, actually, just because they're, you know, because they are the experts. So um, they're such an important part of your team. That's for sure. There's, I think we sometimes forget how important it is for the uh, been there, done that t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. exactly. That's awesome. Um, and is there anything I haven't asked you that you would like to share with business owners about lessons along the way? <laughs> there's always, uh, you know, I think that uh, any any time that you can get up uh, in the morning and you can learn something new is a great day. Um, and every great every great idea I would say is borrowed, and um, you certainly um, I'm always learning, and I I love learning about um, you know what works for other businesses, um, regardless if it's retail, it could be um, another type of business, but if you know there are any any. Um, I guess always, I, I guess my advice would be always, always be looking for the next greatest thing and always be, have your, your, eye, your ears open as to what potentially um, could, uh, you know, help your business. Um, and so uh, certainly, um, you know, there are lots of things that, uh, you know, I, that I've learned, but um, I would say, you know, always be looking and always be listening. And, uh, you know, um, there are lots of, the best ideas are borrowed. So. Yeah, that's, uh, I love exposing myself to other industries because uh, sometimes it's easy to get into the silo mm -hmm. of your industry and they're that's not right. exposing themselves to other things. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Well, I was just wondering if anyone in our audience had any questions for Amanda this morning. Um, oh, okay. go Wayne. Oh, no, no, Hi, no. Wayne. Let Mel, no, Melanie should go first. I think Melanie's brighter. <laughs> <laughs> she has more hair than you, Wayne. It's true. <laughs> I was going to say, no, I usually go first. So I was going to really, I was going to pass it over to you, Wayne. <laughs> but okay, I'll call. Uh, um, I found it really interesting, Amanda. Thank you for sharing your story. You're right. It's, uh, Wendy, when you say it's, it almost seems like an urban myth, like coming in almost an apprenticeship, unofficial apprenticeship type model. And I, yep. uh, yeah, and I, I, I really value that. I think it's how, um, I think it's one of the best ways that we can learn in life. Anything that we want to do is to be with people more experienced and, and work and learn from them. So I found that really interesting. And I was wondering, you mentioned, you touched on the point of things that were maybe bothersome or worrisome before the pandemic, 
when the pandemic hit, you had different priorities. So those things didn't seem as important. And it made me wonder, do you feel as though like the, um, the stress of the pandemic, especially where you said you had a good team kind of galvanized your team, like, okay, this is a big problem. Do you feel like you had a, um, for example, supply chain issues and stuff? Okay, how are we gonna do this? Did you feel like kind of brought you guys closer together as a team? Um, I would say so. Uh, you know, so we, our team is about 70 people um, in total. And so um, everyone reacted different to the pandemic and, and, you know, what that looked like for them. Um, we had some staff who were off. Um, they had elderly, um, you know, members of the family they were looking after, uh, health concerns, things like that. And so um, so at one point during the pandemic, we, we were uh, 27 people we had lost um, just for various reasons in terms of. And so, that, so the team that was here, um, you know, obviously we were in close communication with those folks. And, um, you know, obviously they were helping wherever they could. But um, so I would say, yes, it, it certainly had, um, you know, in the middle of it, I remember I was on cash probably four days a week and we, we were down to like four cashiers or something. And so you learn to adapt. And uh, so I would say, yes, it was it, every day was survival um, in, in the midst. And we weren't prepared for, um, you know, the busyness and so on and so forth. And we I guess we we're unprepared for the pandemic because it, it it just happened so quickly. Um, and so I would say, yes, um, it certainly did cement the team um, and it, it made us made us stronger um, as a whole. And certainly, uh, you know, it's just everything has been all about COVID for the last year and a half and everything in terms of everything we do is like, OK, so where are we and what phase are we in? And, you know, what are the restrictions and so on and so forth? And, you know, we haven't been able to plan sales or any of those of those types of things just because you know, you, you don't want to, as much as you, you know, at one point it was essential businesses only and we were essential. So, you know, you needed to make sure people were coming in and getting those supplies and, and um, you know, leaving quickly and so on and so forth. And so um, it's exciting to me to think that, you know, into the fall, hopefully, um, once we get to phase five, that, uh, you know, we'll be able to start to plan um, what the new normal looks like for us and, and start to kind of plan as a business, um, you know, how to, you know, we haven't been able to in lots of ways, yes, uh, as an essential, as an essential business, we were open open, but um, we want to get back into the community in terms of, um, you know, helping organizations who have been struggling for the last year and a half because of fundraising, et cetera. We want to, we want to be there and we want to support those folks like they've supported us for the last year and a half. And so um, we're excited to be getting back into those types of things and hopefully the new normalcy will come quickly. Um, and then, you know, we can kind of do what we do best and, uh, you know, support one another. So, it, you know, that part of it is certainly, and again, you know, for us, I, you know, you're right. Um, you know, if, if you can make it through the pandemic, you can almost make it through anything. <laughs> oh, too funny. Thank you, Melanie. Um, Wayne. Yeah, um, obviously, Amanda, pleasure to meet you. Appreciate you sharing this morning. Uh, two related questions. Um, where, um, and whether it's Canada or, or beyond, is the most successful uh, home hardware in your network and why? Like, what would you attribute to their success? And part two, how does your network of that organization share best practices in a timely manner, and particularly when COVID hit, so that each of you can, um, you know, benefit from that network? Thank you. Okay. Um, well, thanks. Certainly nice to meet you, Wayne, and thank you for your questions. Um, and so for us, because we're individually owned and operated, um, if you would ask, um, you know, what the most successful stores across the country, um, you know, I'd be somewhat biased. Um, and so... <laughs> 
<laughs> and I would say that they are all successful. We, we have a, you know, a great group of people. We, um, you know, so for myself, um, you know, I own this particular store. We have some dealers across the country that, um, you know, maybe own three stores or four stores or one store. And so the, every store is equally, um, as um, successful in their own right, just depending on what their community looks like and what their customer base is. And I would say that we have great dealers across the country and I'm so proud to be part of the, be, be part of that. Um, you know, so for us, um, I would say that, uh, you know, our, our bragging rights would be the fact that we sell the most paint in Canada for probably the last 20 years. Um, and, <laughs> you know, who would think in Bridgewater, Nova Scotia that, in, you know, Beauty Tone Paint that, uh, you know, we're the number one paint dealer um, in the country. But, you know, the, those, those would be some of our bragging rights in terms terms of, um, and, you know, we would be a large store in comparison to lots of others across the country. It doesn't make us any more successful. Um, it's just the, the market that we're in. Um, and what was the, the other the part, part two was around sharing of best practices, Amanda. Oh yeah. So sharing of best practices. And so, so, so we do, um, we, we do have some, uh, folks, uh, in the province that, um, you know, an area manager, um, an RSOM, they call them, um, and, uh, you know, uh, Dan Hardy. And so, you know, he's, he's out and about and, you know, makes rounds to the stores, et cetera, and, you know, does what he can to support. So he's kind of a bit of a liaison if, if there's an area, for example, that, um, you know, we're not getting supported or if he has questions and, you know, he obviously gives us his feedback in terms of what the presentation of the store looks like, those types of things. And he's a huge resource for us. Um, but the other part is, um, you know, because we're, it's a, you know, a dealer um, driven company, we do have a, a head office with a lot of resources and there is a, a system that we use called Connect. And, and so all of like during COVID, for example, um, you know, all of those best practices are put on there and, and they're broken down by province and, um, you know, phases and restrictions. But even with flyers and all those types of things, all that stuff is, is, is readily available at your fingertips. You just need to go in and look for it. So sometimes it's information overload. I have to be honest, uh, it's one of those things that you could be um, looking out all the time because they, they, they are actually, you know, there's so much information on there, um, in, in regards to all the different, uh, things that are available to us as a store. Um, so we're certainly fortunate that way we have great support. Is it okay to one more, Wendy? Oh yeah, go. Um, in terms of trends and where things are going with demographics of the older population, obviously, um, two parents working, mm -hmm. what are you witnessing in regards to that could be complementary, or is it competitive to your business example I'm not, these aren't the right examples I'm not in your business but um, in terms of um, loaning uh, a loaning uh, service of tools rather than buying our tool you can uh, loan the tool uh, mm -hmm. number two would be um, installations so a lot of mm -hmm. people don't like putting together the patio furniture or patio propane heater yep. um, and so we I'm, I'm talking as if I was you we offer that type of service and or advice Mm -hmm. um, so not that those were the right examples, but what are you witnessing that you're saying, hey, I think this is where things are going and here's how we're planning to play in that uh, sector. Thanks. Yeah. And, and for us, it's like you, you make a really good point, Wayne, because things are changing so quickly um, from a retail front. You know, we used to say like changes would happen, um, you know, uh, you know, five years ago. Well, it's actually, you know, two months ago, um, you know, and, uh, you know, the for those folks that, you know, we always say um, in the world of home hardware for, you know, one of uh, one of the um, quotes from one of our co-founders, Walter Hackborn, is those folks that are standing still are actually falling behind. And that's really that's the reality because things are changing so quickly. Um, 
so for us, obviously, as a retailer, and you know, we're a 60,000 square foot store. So, um, you know, online um, shopping is obviously a big one. Um, and, uh, you know, that's always something we're trying to combat because um, it's certainly, um, it's there, it's growing and so on and so forth. Um, but for us, it is, it is uh, we, we look at ourselves as the stores within stores. And so for uh, when, you, when someone walks into our store, we want them to get the personalized service that they maybe can't get at another retailer. So you kind of alluded to the fact that no one wants to put that propane heater together. I agree with you. Like, have you ever assembled a barbecue? That sucks. And so, <laughs> you know, so one of the things that we do um, is that, yes, we want to assemble your barbecue. So we, we have an assembler here that probably is uh, four days a week out straight for six months, just assembling products, everything from a bookshelf in the furniture department uh, to a barbecue, um, to a wheelbarrow. Um, we don't charge for those services. We feel like that needs to be part of the package for folks. Um, you know, we want to make sure that if, if you, um, you know, if you want your product delivered, that we can do that to you to your doorstep um, quickly. Um, the delivery part of it is a big deal um, as well. Lots of people, you know, obviously you know they don't have the means to get their products from um you know from here to there so we you know that that is a big it's it's um it's almost the convenient you know the convenience food how when you go to costco and you're walking down the uh, freezer aisle like they have all these cool things that you think oh that's easy that's easy people are looking for that part um and so we we do try to always try to look ahead as, as to what people are looking for next and they're looking for information um lots of our customers come in and they already kind of have done their research um and so you know trying to stay ahead of that curve is a little bit challenging in some cases, but, you know, always trying to get, um, keeping up with the product knowledge and so on and so forth. Um, the other part would be, um, putting the information out there. So for people who don't actually, uh, aren't maybe aware of um, what their choices are, let's give them the information and they can make that choice themselves. For example, uh, generators, you know, we're coming into hurricane season and we all, you know, hope we won't have a hurricane, but you know, those things were, uh, were on the coast. So the, they, they certainly do happen. And so lots of people looking for generators, but the last thing you want to do is buy a generator when your power's out and your fridge is thawing um you want to have already made the choice so that you can a generator can be so much more than running a core through your window um and plugging your fridge in so you don't lose your lose your freezer food um so we want to give people the tools that they would need to make the right choice to purchase a generator that can do the things that they need so that they can be somewhat comfortable um you know when that happens and so that you know maybe they can i, I use my husband as an example maybe they can watch tv um and <laughs> so those types of things or or maybe they can you know um you know, do laundry or, or those types of things. And so um, it, it's important that, so we're always trying to look at um, how we can educate our customers, how we can, in the past, I would have said, how we can get them in the door so that we can, um, you know, put a seminar together. And, and, you know, things are kind of going back that way now, which is great because we love to provide that information and then they can make that informed choice themselves. So um, I think it's for us, it is, um, you know, uh, we are a big box, but again, we need to be specific to our customers and we need to be that friend to the community so when they come in they're getting service from us that they're not getting anywhere else and so um you know depending i guess uh you know every every department's different but those are just a couple wow that was a great question a great answer i have to tell you now that you made me think about the depth of product knowledge you must have after this many years in the industry about <laughs> each of these things that i have never even thought about I used to, when I was a cashier, I used to look and I think where, like this, where is this in the store? And so one of the things um, that we would do is, you know, when we weren't busy, we would um, return the products that came back as returns. We would put them back on the shelf. 
And I remember early on, like there were products I'd be like, man, this isn't even here. Like we don't even sell this because I could never find where it went on the shelf because it was just, um, you know, there were so many products. And so it's a great way to learn. That's for sure. But uh, how many SKUs do you have in your store? Um, I would say that we probably have 35,000 SKUs. Okay. Yeah. Just, just so, yeah, I would say, I mean, we're, we're larger, so um, we would carry more SKUs. And then of course, because of the direct items and things like that, um, you know, appliances and so on, like they certainly, the SKU count goes up pretty quickly. Hmm. I felt like during the pandemic, there was a trend towards doing stuff and building stuff around your house. Yeah. Oh, for uh, sure. And uh, Wayne was talking about trends. So now I'm curious about what, are you starting to see that trend change into something else? Like um, what are people buying now? Um, so for us, I mean, regardless of pandemic or not, um, you know, May, um, depending on the weather, typically May and June will be our busier months because of um, people are getting their lawns ready, um, all those types of things. And you kind of, if you're going to your cottage, you're getting those types of things all um all ready to go. So you're kind of waking up from winter and doing all the things you need to do outside. And so for us, um, it's August, but people are already talking about Christmas. They're talking about uh, wood stoves and so on. So for us, we're kind of transitioning into that fall. Um, I, it feels like fall every other day outside. So I'm not sure. Like it's uh, <laughs> the weather's certainly been challenging. People are starting to trend into, okay, um, you know, generators um, potentially preparing for bad weather, um, you know, wood stoves starting to think ahead. And what, what we find now is because of the pandemic, pandemic and the fact that the supply chain has been challenging um, and still continues to be challenging, people are planning a little further ahead. So Mm -hmm. typically early August, it would be towards the the end of August, people will be talking wood stoves, um, you know, those types of things. But some of the bigger purchases, they're, they're looking at getting them sooner because they're concerned that they won't be able to get product. Do you think it's made people make decisions faster about stuff? I think so. Um, I think that um, lots of folks um, certainly are thinking um, well ahead of time. Um, You know, we used to put our barbecues out in March, for example, like we'd get them in December, put them out in March and merchandise them. So now as soon as we get them um, after Christmas is over, um, we start to put those out probably mid-January because lots of people will buy early because they're not sure um, if they'll be able to get it. Lots of people spending money on, you know, backyard um, entertainment, if it's a pool, um, a barbecue, you know, a new pad set all those types of things so people are looking early and they will tend to buy early just because um they want if they want that particular product they're not going to wait because they they don't know they'll be able to get it yeah that's interesting well amanda i must say i have enjoyed our chat today it was fascinating thank you so much for coming um i think i'm going to the real bottom line is if you're not moved if you're standing still you're going backwards so (laughs) You, you really are, and especially in, in, in these these days, certainly. So that's awesome. Thank you, well, Amanda. I appreciate you having me. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Real Bottom Line. This show is produced by Black Star Wealth. Executive producer Wendy Brookhouse. To learn more about the show or to contact us, go to blackstarwealth.com.